that makes you want to go, you know, practice harder. That makes you want to spend just five more minutes in the film room. That makes you want to just go do extra, you know, field work. It just makes you want to do more so that you're ready for that game. And it just, it's almost like it just, it's a pressure cooker. It puts all that stuff on you like, okay, we're going to show the world that everybody's doubting us. We're going to show you how good we are. Logan, do you know the lyrics to Bohemian Rhapsody? All of them? All of them. Yeah. All <laughs> 1,000 of them. Yeah, I think so. There's a big part of it that says, goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. Yeah. Got to leave it all behind mm -hmm. and face the truth. What's about to happen right now? The truth? <laughs> yeah. Is we will no longer see Tom Brady play football. Oh. Did that happen? That happened. Was that this weekend? <laughs> it happened twice. Did, it did. It was broken, scooped, leaked. Yeah. Then it was confirmed. My favorite thing was that 24-hour period where he was like, ah, no. his family was like, it's not confirmed. And then he's like, yeah. I also, <laughs> like, we were just like. <laughs> I thought in that 24-hour period, there would be some masterpiece, some beautiful mm. video, some amazing cinematography, just as good as Big Ben's amazing cinematography for his goodbye. Right. And he posted a couple of black Instagram squares with white text. Right? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's all we get. For a PR team. There's a lot to look into, actually, with that specifically. Didn't mention the Patriots once. We will get into that <laughs> at the end of the episode, and we're yeah. going to bring up a former teammate, mm -hmm. Todd Rucci, another friend of the podcast we've talked to he before. He probably knows how to use social media. He probably could have a statement like that. He's he could add good cinematography. He's got a heck of a Twitter feed, so mm -hmm. I'm sure. You know, he's active. He's got, you know, his, his yeah. he uses the emojis, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady, no emojis, no love. Yes. And he does have a pretty insane creative uh, video team, so yeah. Maybe it's all for the uh, the tell-all documentary. Also, I mean, I, I feel like it's, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's the end of this story saga, whatever you want to call it. But temporarily, it was like this. Do you remember? A little anticlimactic. I agree. And yet, it's over. Right? You'd think. Who knows? He didn't write the word retirement in there at any point, just saying. <laughs> Leaving he the also door said right now. Leaving well, how did he phrase it? It was like competitive, like he can't be competitive for the time being. Yeah. Yeah. He's leaving it it's open. Like me hanging up from like the Y, playing like wreck basketball. I can't be competitive for the time being, but I'll be back, boys. Yeah, not this week, but next week. Yes. Um, I also think we're sitting here a week and a half away from the Super Bowl. We are. And we're barely talking about that right now. The discourse is not uh, Rams, Bengals. It's mm -hmm. Tom Brady's retirement. It happened last year with Rodgers and the drama with Green Bay. To be fair, the teams in it kind of dictate that as well. Sure. I mean, the fan bases, You're given one of, one of my really good friends growing up is actually a legitimate Bengals fan, which is shocking for a lot of people to hear. So happy for but him. But he's not from Cincinnati at all. Well. He actually just picked his favorite teams based on animals he liked as a kid. We've talked about this friend yeah. before. Yeah, we like him. But it's a big, approach. it's a huge day for him. The Raptors won a couple of years ago, something that he never thought would happen. Now his Bengals, who didn't win a playoff game in three decades, are actually not just winning a playoff game, but in the Super Bowl. What is he, helping old ladies across the street, like getting some good karma <sighs> some or something? Good stuff. Yeah. No, he's... Curing cancer? Maybe doing the opposite, honestly, but he's, he's having a good day. All right, well, good for him. <laughs> uh, as far as the NFC-AFC championship goes, you go back to the divisional round. Let's skip mm -hmm. the wild card because that, that went was exactly so how terrible, we thought it pointless. would. But since that point, the NFL playoffs have been a delight. They always are, though, for the most part. But I think it's, it's the amount of classic finishes and i don't necessarily know if either of the games from this weekend will be rem remembered as an all-timer but just having like consistently good games is something that can't be looked past because there was it, it, in this year that we were talking about all of this parody and you don't know mm. who's going to win it all like it followed suit mm. with the actual how the season was dictated and the fact that these two teams which i think the bengals at some point were a thousand to one odds yeah yeah to win or be in, I, I don't yeah. know the specifics of it, but I think even in the like at one point they had the same odds as the Jaguars. It's pretty insane. That is insane. And I know the Rams that was not the case for them, but um, it's pretty good evidence of this. And the, I mean, it stems back to a different debate if you want to have about what the NBA just went through, where it's like you have new blood in the NBA Finals, but less people who ever watched. I don't think that's going to be the case with the Super Bowl. But does it get to that sort of level? Because there are teams, again, going back to the Bengals and the fact the Rams tried to buy out their own seats so Niner fans wouldn't come. And they still came anyway. Mm -hmm. And the, to the point where the in the post game when they're celebrating, even the ownership made light of the fact that they don't have enough fans at their own games. They're and like, this is our house. 
Kind of. <laughs> sort of. Welcome to it, A though. little bit. You're all welcome. Yeah. Yeah, now they get to host the Super Bowl. Second time in a row that the yeah. uh, Super Bowl host site also has the team in it. I don't think that that's a big deal at all. Not, I think that's such an overplayed storyline. I think it would be a big Home deal. Home field advantage. Like, no, it's not. If at it all. was like Arrowhead, maybe. Also, do you see the prices of tickets for this game? It's not home field advantage. Also, the only way it would be is if L.A. actually cared about the Rams is because people in L.A., for the most part, could afford those tickets. Do you think your everyday Cincinnati Bengal fan or, like, somebody from, like, the Midwest or anywhere, for that matter, is going to pay maybe $10,000 to sit in the nosebleeds for this all-time moment? You'd think. It's not even just that. A box is going for a million dollars. One million no night is worth that i don't no night is worth that i i genuinely don't think so i would rather be on my couch for that game and have the it's the same thing as like do you want to go to a snow game Mm -hmm. or somewhere that has that experience or do you want to sit warm at home and enjoy it from there like it what makes one experience better than the other if you could go to the tuck roll game go back in time you wouldn't go different that's hindsight you don't know the result going into it though i still think it'd be fun of course hindsight's gonna provide all sorts of things but what if you pay the well, you're not going to pay the million dollars. If you pay the $10,000 and your team loses, that is about being down, as down bad as you can be. You know what else happens? Because th- th- then the night is just, it, there's no positive memories to take from it. There are a lot of people that spend a lot of money investing in sports and this losing it all every single week. So at least you yeah. get to be at the game. That's I would rather do the first option you painted. Okay, well, we can't talk because about Because at least option. there's something more interesting while the game's going on. Fair. I just play squares, like the scoregami thing. You know. Are you conf? What? That's, I don't <laughs> Are you confessing? I only play squares. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Shiner. Please jump in and stop this. All right. Well, the only thing I want to counter to Logan's argument there is mm. when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. If you ever watched the documentary about them going to the Super Bowl in 2004, there were people that were taking second mortgages on their house just because a team that doesn't make it there that often. Mm. They wanted to represent their team. So in a fan base like the Bengals that haven't been there in, what has it been now, 23 years or something like that? No, More than 31. That. 31? Yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm old. Um, anyway, I, I could see people being that enthusiastic about, yeah, sure, I'll use the equity on my house. To that is so spend. irresponsible. It is so irresponsible, <laughs> but people are willing to do it with their fandom is no, all I'm but saying. It's, nope. it's also so much more inflated than it was in 2004. Yes. Because I, I honestly yes. think, like, and also they were paying to go to Jacksonville, which is like, in terms different. of destinations, yeah. that's probably the lowest of Super Bowl. Yeah. Maybe that New York one where it was cold, but it's still New York. Yeah. But, like, in terms of destinations, that's about as, as random as it gets. This is in L.A. Yeah. At I would the just stadium say... that's supposed to be the biggest in sports and, yeah. or, you know, the next gold mine yes, of, of sports yeah. stadiums Just don't underestimate fandom is all i'm saying oh of course you know i under i under underestimate this fandom though because at least eagles fans as we know psychotic in a good way yes i don't think rams fans exist for the most part no. and bengals fans even if they are passionate it's like man i don't i don't know about this one even even my buddy he was weighing out if he goes to kansas city for that game because it's like you're never in this spot but then do you weigh out one are we going to have a real chance in this game? Which obviously it ended up they did. But then it's like travel, blah, 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 all these things. Super Bowl is a whole different monster. Yeah, and honestly, the people who are in the building, it's it's not even your run-of-the-mill fans. I mean, most mm-hmm. of the stadium is filled by guests or sponsors. People or who blah, are rich blah, enough. Blah, right. That's it. Celebrities, that kind of stuff. So it's yeah. like the limited tickets Rob that Lowe are, wearing an NFL hat. <laughs> that's who it's filled by. Big fan of the commission. <laughs> yeah. Love him. Big fan of Goodell. Um, no, but it's but that's the thing. It's like the, the run-of-the-mill fan that actually cares about the Bengals probably has like a 1 in 10,000 shot of getting a ticket if mm-hmm. they can even afford well, it. Well, I said, so. I, and not to say like not to completely shun, but like I said, these were probably the two most like in a lot of ways over their history irrelevant fan bases that yeah. you can pick. Like in from terms of the league, like I mean – like when the Jaguars were getting close, I think that was 2018, because that would have been the Eagles year. When they were close, that was probably the NFL's worst nightmare yeah. because they are probably the most irrelevant just yeah. in terms of fan bases. These two are pretty much up there. I know they're trying to make LA a thing, but they don't care right now. Well, they're going to have to wait for the next generation of people, like kids to grow up yes. with it, to actually care. It's not even just that. From from the For the cri- most part. From the criticism of when they moved two teams to LA, yeah. they said... LA doesn't revolve around sports the same way no. that other there cities do. There are things do. to do in LA. There's things to do. There's other priorities. The city. Did you walk and- outside today? 
Yeah, the rain. Yeah, it was nice. That's why people care about sports here. Yeah, because this is this is six months. For yes, us. we're stuck inside, and so I think when you when you think about LA moving two teams there basically back to back right mm-hmm. at the same time, you're expecting the city to embrace them when St. Louis had nothing. Like they needed the Rams. You know, they loved. And they the didn't Rams. really even care though. Well, but By still, the but then so you think about the transition, and now they're so recent. As, as to moving to that city, they get to host the Super Bowl, which is great for all the celebrities who want to make a weekend out of it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the city never cared about the Rams being there in the first place. So mm-hmm. they're not going to care if they win the Super Bowl. But the only thing that I would say in their favor is that <laughs> very much is L.A. culture that it's an event. It's a place where it's like who's who and being seen. That's the benefit of having the Super Bowl there is because it's less about football and more about a, being able to have a day and night out. Having a reason to crack open a white claw, like, is is basically what the Super Bowl's meaning would be to them. You know who knows a lot about the Super Bowl? Well, a lot of people. One guy we get to talk to this week, Super Bowl champion, Mm. MVP, Mm. Terrell Davis. Right. We're going to ask him about all of his memories. We're going to get some advice from him. We need it. Maybe, maybe even share a local connection that you wouldn't think we would have with the Denver Broncos oh. Super Bowl champion. Before we get too far into the episode, be a friend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please rate us five stars and leave us a review. All right, back to the episode. All right, Terrell Davis, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. This is a big week for a lot of players getting ready to play in uh, their first Super Bowl. What's it like getting ready for the big game? Um... It, it's, it's, you know, it, it depends on who you are. Like for me, I was excited about it, but I also tried to make myself believe that it was just a normal game. Believe that or not, believe it or not. But I try to keep things simple, not try to make things complicated, but that only lasted so long. When, when we got down to the site of the Super Bowl, which was my hometown of San Diego, the first year I played, uh, you knew it was a Super Bowl. And so you just, you, you try to just stay in a routine and, uh, and focus on the game, but it was difficult to do. But yeah, I mean, super excited about it. Watched all the, the media stuff, watched the news, watched all the, um, you know, listened to the radio, heard how, heard how great the Green Bay Packers were that week and uh, how they were going to beat us by 14 points. So that, <laughs> that kind of gave us a little, little, little fuel. Speaking of that, when you go into that game with that mindset and just hearing that over and over again, there's been three double-digit underdogs since that time. They've all lost. You guys were almost the ones that started that. What is it maybe about that, that sort of contrast and how people are doubting that sort of serves as fuel, especially when you get an extra week like that? Yeah, Logan. You know, I always say that the greatest thing you can give, a, a coach can't pay for that kind of motivation. When you have the media and everybody's doubting you, telling you what you can't do, that is the perfect fuel that players need they need to be told they can't do it so when you talk about a two-week period between the championship games and then the super bowl of hearing that that makes you want to go you know practice harder that makes you want to spend just five more minutes in the film room that makes you want to just go do extra you know field work it just makes you want to do more so that you're ready for that game and it just it's almost like it just it's a pressure cooker it puts all that stuff on you like okay we're going to show the world that everybody's doubting us we're going to show you how good we are and that's what we did we told people we were not the typical afc team we were we were built like an nfc team back in 1997 but you know packers were a really good team they had just won a super bowl the year before so i get it but um we, we, we thanked all the media afterwards for giving us that uh, motivation. We appreciated it. Yep, bulletin board material, very important <laughs> this time of year. Um, if you look at this year's matchup, I'm sure the Bengals are chock right. full of it, right? No one gives oh. them any love um, except for, you know, now we're starting to realize, hey, maybe Joe Burrow's actually pretty <laughs> good. Uh, what do you think about this yeah. matchup? Rams have all the pressure in the world. Sean McVay's got to prove he can win the big game, and uh, the Bengals are coming in, and no one expects them to do anything. Yeah, that's – Yes, it's you just said it. I mean, the Bengals, they've they've been riding that that horse for a long time. And again, they love it when we're on TV talking about them. They don't care. And they have a quarterback that has swag, just like oozy. He's oozing with swag. And he's unflappable. He just has the he has the, the right demeanor, the right personality, just the right everything to lead a young team to a championship. And guys, understand it's it's only one game. It's not like the NBA. You know, MLB, it's one game. So if you can 
bring your best that one game and that team is slightly off, um, or even if they're they're at their best and your best comes to the table, chances are, you know, you got a chance to win that game. So the, the Bengals are feeling really good about this week. As somebody who had the guy at quarterback, Mm. And for a team that recently did not have the guy in Cincinnati, what is it about when he walks in the huddle, even it being his second year and coming off a torn ACL, what is that component that sort of gives you the it factor with a guy like Burrow when he steps into that huddle? Man, it's just the, it's the confidence. Um, it's the confidence and it's the, the resiliency. It's the way he communicates with his, with, his, with his teammates. It's the belief that he plays with. It's the... The, the ability to uplift everybody around you, you know, because leadership in the NFL is typically what you're doing. And people people watch what you're doing more than listen to what you say. And Joe Burrow is one that, listen, I don't, I, I, I don't know him, but I don't imagine he does a lot of talking. Uh, I think he's mainly a guy that goes out there and shows you how tough he is. He's going to show you how clutch he is. He's going to show you all those, those, those traits but not, not saying a whole lot. And so when you see that as a player, you, you want to follow that guy. You're like, oh, he's doing that? I want to follow that. You know, we think about we're putting so much emphasis on um, old school quarterbacks, new school quarterbacks, right? And uh, we got we to gotta ask you, there's something special about that sixth round, <laughs> 190s pick, right? The, these players turn out to be <clears throat> Hall of Famers, Super Bowl champions, MVPs, the whole thing. Tom Brady calling it a career this year. What does that say about what he was able to accomplish, his mark on the on the NFL? I just want to know your thoughts on on watching this this twenty year career kind of come to a close here. Man, it's 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 just ridiculous. I, mean, I don't have enough adjectives to describe how how unreal it 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 was to watch that. You know, you talk about six round draft pick, and I was a six round draft pick. Um, but you know, when time came out, he had the chip. He had that, uh, you, you know, the chip where he was like, I'm going to prove everybody wrong. And he never took it off. He never got full. He never was, was satisfied with what he was doing. And that's really the trait of, of, a, of a great player who never sits there and says, okay, I've had enough. And to watch Tom's career, and I said, I don't care what you think about Tom Brady. I respect him. Um, I know there's some other stuff that people talk about, uh, you know, the flake gate and all other stuff and, the cheating stuff, but I respect the hustle and I love watching great players. I love, I love watching great things. I love watching Michael Jordan. I love watching, you know, Kobe play and I mean, LeBron playing now. So to, to see Tom Brady leave this game, we're going to miss that. We're going to miss that level of excellence that few players can bring every Sunday. And that guy brought it every Sunday, Sunday. He was able to leave one franchise, obviously go down to Tampa and, and get it, get them another Super Bowl. It's just incredible, man. So I'm gonna miss Tom. I, I, you know, I already shouted out, man, that uh, we're never gonna see that again. So enjoy it while you, while you could. And if you didn't enjoy it, man, then I just don't. I don't know what you. I don't know what you what you're looking at. From a seven-time Super Bowl champion to hopefully, you know, someone will be a first-time Super Bowl champion yeah. in these two quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, you're gonna be like us, I guess, right? Sitting on your couch, throwing <laughs> a little party. I'm throwing a party. You guys want to come to my party? <laughs> oh, we Desperately. do. And actually, we're bringing someone very special with us oh, yeah. uh, in our building right now. Is a producer. His name is Steve Lagore. He is the son of Doug Lagore, who you actually did a show with uh, for a while when you were in Denver, uh, mm. KUSA. And uh, Steve, I want you to come over here. He is named after you. His <laughs> yeah, middle name. Yeah. No, yeah, it's actually, not. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit back here because I have the headphones on still. Right. But yeah, Terrell uh, Davis is the middle name because of you. Uh, huge Broncos <laughs> fan, the Orange Zone. Yeah, traveled with the team for a long time. So yeah, thank you for everything. And uh, I, I, you can't see me, but it's a big mile high salute. Yeah, I, I can't. Yeah, I can't see you, but I'm gonna salute you back. Anybody who's got who, if you named after me, I got love for you. Man. That's, <laughs> that's pretty cool, brother. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Well, nice. I can't see you, but nice to meet you. And uh, hey, hopefully all is well. And um, yeah, again, man, big my high salute to you. I appreciate Tell that. Dad, I said what's up. All right, thanks. <laughs> all right, Terrell, we that's appreciate beautiful. the time. Uh, enjoy your Super Bowl party, and, and we'll do the same back here. All right. Huge shout out for producer Steve. <laughs> Shout out doesn't even do it justice. One of his favorite Broncos players of all time now knows his name because it's also his name. Right. Uh, knows how much we love him. Steve, I just got to give you 27 you seconds over there? to respond. Are you, uh, to you tell those tears. No, I got, 
February winter allergies. Oh. No, it's yeah. It's a big moment. It is. I'm just tired. It's not. <laughs> it's not every day your your one of your favorite players gets you know you get to talk to them and they they and a they salute. S- yeah, and they what, is, love this, for what you. is the well, salute? And you know the other thing. What? What do you mean? The mile high salute. Right. You never seen it. Well, I didn't know if it was any different than a okay. salute. You score a touchdown, and you give. No, it I'm just saying. Like I didn't. I didn't salute. know if there was a special little caveat to it that it's was in the mile, high, the mile high salute. But no, it just kind of seems like a salute. Is he disrespecting yeah, Terrell Davis? No, right I was, I was genuinely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so some people just want to take my shine away whenever I get it. That would that, that would be Logan Reaver. Everybody. Steve's feeling good over there. I better put him down. <laughs> I gotta knock him down a peg. He feels too good, yeah. too cool. Yeah, and no, he was a nice know. guy. Because sometimes he was a very you think, nice guy. you know, whenever you meet celebrities, sometimes it's like you know, don't meet your heroes. Well, you yeah. just did, and yeah. it was fine. Steve, twenty-seven seconds on the clock. What is your response to Terrell Davis? Okay. Um. First of all, thank you from me and the city of Denver and uh, Colorado as a whole. Being such a great Bronco. And also, uh, I have long held the belief that if he had never gotten injured, uh, Terrell Davis would be recognized as one of the greatest running backs of all time. I mean, he already is, but probably the greatest. His four-year window, the stats, the MVPs, the chips, insane. I mean, I I feel like you have to take that into consideration for every running back. Because wasn't, I mean, Sanders was 10 years? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And pretty much all were in his prime. I know that's different than, you know, four really solid ones, but that's kind of just the life of a running back. Hey, man. Yeah. You have to take G- that into consideration. Gale Sayers. Right. And uh, they all can't be quarterbacks because quarterbacks don't get hit now. So, like, how can you evaluate on the same scale? Yeah, I mean, that's that's what running backs have always, or especially lately, have argued is why they deserve bigger contracts is because their mm. their time to make money is right. so much shorter because they take all the And the there's hits. just more and more proof that you don't give them that second contract because then they're fading like a guy like Gurley. Now you see it with Zeke and, you know, it'll probably go on and it, on. Yeah. If I could add just one little caveat to that too, though, I know the narrative is, is running backs don't matter as much, but when you look at the those Broncos teams that actually mm-hmm. won, Terrell Davis is the reason that, John Elway has any rings and I'm not taking anything away from Elway but he was usually the only guy on the team and then whenever he had help at at running back that's when they actually were able to bring home the bacon. It's amazing what help does. Well and Shiner's made that argument for the Eagles this this whole season was you know you just can't put it all on Jalen Hurts you have to develop a run game outside of your quarterback Mm -hmm. and I think Shiner's not the only one but we've talked about it a lot on this podcast that (laughs) having Two options at offense is essential. You have to be able to pass yeah. and you have to be able to run. It's like very simple and yet it doesn't happen anymore. There's also a big difference between getting help on a team that's not expected to make the playoffs and does and a team mm-hmm. like the Broncos who is consistently making the playoffs and then getting that help that puts them over the edge. Yeah. Like Hertz quite literally doesn't have the help. Yeah. There's a lot Those guys had job. the help that just didn't step up until Darrell Davis helped to do that. Yeah. It was a different NFL back then, this too, where true. running backs were key, and now we're so pass-happy happy on our offense, you know, it, it kind of gets left on the wayside. And you mm-hmm. saw it this year with the Eagles once Sirianni decided, hey, we're going to run the ball. That's when they started winning games. Now, you can maybe take the, the level of competition they were going against in those last nine, but, I mean, it obviously it, – you need to be a balanced football team to win in the NFL. I think we all know that, And right? I think it's it's cyclical. Like, all this stuff comes back around, and, you know, I think there's been such a focus on the quarterback position that um, that's never going to go away. The quarterback will always be the quarterback. But I think about that when we talk about talk about Penn State, right, and that they didn't have a single runner over a rusher over 100 yards for the entire season in any game against any opponent – and look at what happened to them at the end of the season. They struggled. Sean Clifford got injured, and suddenly they couldn't do anything on offense. And James Franklin said it yesterday in, like, his season wrap-up, signing day, press conference, whatever, is like, yes, to win, we're going to have to be able to run to win, and we're going to have to be able to pass to win because the game and your opponent dictates which side of the ball you have to focus on, and you can't just decide as a college football team or an NFL football team, like, you just don't run the ball. <laughs> you just can't do it. The competition's too high. We just don't do that. Sorry, actually, we just don't. We don't prefer to run. Sorry, we don't take returns. <laughs> There's no refunds here. Just throw it straight out. You know. <laughs> yeah. Is. No. So um, I think what guys like Terrell Davis remind us of is an elite level running back does make the difference in a lot of situations, and I think 
no one quarterback, no one player is going to be able to do any of this all on their own. I think we can see that with the Rams. Even if Matthew Stafford plays out of his mind, if that defense isn't there, they're not in the playoffs, you know? So, um, I don't know. A lot to consider. A lot to consider. You know what else is a lot to consider? Mm. Overtime rules. Yeah, you could say. You could say so. Big, controversial, overtime, playoff, all of it. It's been a lot to digest, and people have some really, really heavy-handed opinions about it. Mm. So a guy who's known for his um, brevity and his lightness. His heavy hands. Am I? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Exactly. Uh, Producer Shiner is going to get 27 seconds to fix, I think, the overtime rules. Can't wait for the We we, we sure hope. At least I have, I think, what might be the most clear-cut decision in how to to fix this problem in the NFL. He's going before the competitive, uh, what is it, the the game committee? Yes. He's he's, he's going to present these rules. They've heard the podcast. They want producer Shiner, so we're going to give it to him. Yeah. 27 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. All right, so I think the best way to do this, we keep the coin flips in, all right? But whoever ends up winning the coin flip then gets the ball, gets a score. Obviously, if there's an interception... Fumble recovery, touchdown on defense, game over. But if that team scores, we then look how much time is on the clock. They score in two minutes and 50 seconds. The other team, they kick off. They get two minutes and 50 seconds to score. If not, game over. And end point, everybody gets the ball back and everybody's happy. But what happens after if they score in that? You keep going. Then it's first score to win after that. But I'm just saying that there's time on the clock. They have to score in the amount of time that the other team scores. If they can't do it in that amount of time, game over. If they end up scoring, then it's just sudden death from there on out. I think the whole thing. It just gives everybody a chance. Right. And an equal chance. So you score in 30 seconds. The other team only has 30 seconds to score. You score in 10 minutes. The other team has 10 minutes to score. If you tie the game, sudden death. Why does everyone hate the – okay, forget the two-point conversion part of it, but why does everyone hate the college football rules? Because they put it at the 25 and you drive in, and everyone gets Well, because it, it goes on forever. It goes on forever. forever. That's the problem. And that's that's kind of my only issue. Not that it would go on forever, forever. But the whole thing is, like, you go back to – going back to the Chiefs-Bills game. Nobody was stopping anybody. Everybody had all these chances. So the Chiefs go down and score. Mm. Then the Bills were probably going to go down and score. Then we're back to square one. It's like that's kind of the whole thing. And the whole the incentive of what it's supposed to be is that you're supposed to get a stop. Did anybody complain when the Bengals got an interception and it went the exact way it's supposed to? That's the intention of the rule. Another good one that I've heard, and I think that would make it alleviate a lot of things, is that you just don't make it like a sudden death thing. Just make it a time. Yeah, just make like it an 10, extra period. Let's minutes, make five or ten. Mimic, mimic the fourth quarter all over again, mm-hmm. because then it's you're getting the same drama that you got to the last, you know, thirteen seconds, blah blah blah, all over again. And at least we know we won't have to keep going on, because then it becomes like a player safety thing, and that's a reason that they have ties in the first place in the regular season. These guys have already competed for sixty minutes. We can't keep going until, and that's the thing with the college one too. Yeah, I get that. These guys are getting battered around in like the LSU Texas A and M game. I know it's different yeah. with the Penn State one because they just did two point conversions, but the, they went to seven overtimes. I think it was like, yeah. and you can't have that. But how often is that really happening? That's my point. No, I know. You know? And so, but but I think- it would go to three or four. These are professionals, Fine. keep Fine. in mind. Yeah. And especially in a game like Chiefs-Bills, they would have gone on forever. Fine. Because nobody was stopping anybody. Yeah, I see that. I think the thing that, and and it's a, a justified criticism, is that they're up until um, the championships, championship Sunday, there were 11 overtime playoff games, and teams that won the coin toss were 10-1. and mm-hmm. That is a glaring For sure. issue. And so I think that's where people come down to is, in theory, yes, your defense can make a stop. And yes, they can they can do what the Bengals did and actually win the game. Fine. However, 10 to 1, that's not happening. The mm-hmm. team that wins the coin toss is going down scoring and it's over. Mm-hmm. So there should be there should be a competitive balance in that. Mm. The the big problem I, here is I think we've been masking this whole overtime rule thing saying player safety they've always been harping on oh we don't want the game to go on forever and i think Mm -hmm. that's bs because the nfl would love a product that keeps going on forever they added another regular season game i know that's why it contradicts itself so that's the thing is like yeah no it's whenever it's convenient for their agenda exactly it's tv windows Mm -hmm. that's probably what it is is that the fact that the window the games are scheduled back to back on and there's usually about like seven minutes in between by the time one ends and they get a little bit of pregame on the next channel and then they move on if you have a nine overtime game that logan and i sat through for penn state that took an hour and a half sure 
Maybe it was not long. I can't believe you kept track. It, it felt that it long. Felt, it felt it was like, like it, it took felt, on no, it forever. It was, <laughs> it was so bad. Logan was aging years each time they I would go to the next every overtime. every time Sean Clifford threw a pass. <laughs> well, you're not the only one. <laughs> uh, no, but but that's the thing. Is like That would destroy the next window, and CBS wouldn't get the ratings for the 4 o'clock games. The 1 o'clock game goes to a 9 overtime. So I'm sure somewhere in all of this, it is a business. They make their, the mm. most money off revenue or revenue off of TV contracts. I would imagine that has something to do with the rules because overtimes don't go past maybe one or two possessions. I also, going back to your point, though, I think so much of it is like, yeah, the coin toss, but because the game is so offensive-centric – like it's just it's that's going to be it too like whoever were to uh, have the ball more in a scenario is obviously going to win the game like the reason that it's not is like at least the other team gets the ball to start the second half at the beginning of the game so it evens out a little bit but because you're forcing this in this league where the defense already has no chance as is it's a more confined window in one drive to get a stop like if you had any two teams in the nfl right now offense defense blah 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 you're not even considering who's on offense who's on defense if you were to say are they going to go score for the most it'd be like yeah because that's just where the game is right now. I would not expect anybody to get a stop in this scenario. To be honest. And I wouldn't respect that in a rebuttal, too. Like, I think the other team would go score, and we're just doing it all over again. Yeah, yeah. Well, Groundhog Day. The NFL has said they don't care. They think the rules are what they are. They're good. They're happy with them. Which is also so ironic because they are just – they can never let anything be. It's yeah. always like we have to go to the tweet, next thing. Tweet, tweet. But, like, yeah. and with the things that they choose to have on the hill is, is crazy. I don't think it's an issue because I think it was a fine of the game like that. But, like you're saying, it's kind of an outlier that it was fine because it doesn't usually happen like that. The Super Bowl would be big enough news to talk about for a couple weeks leading into it, mm -hmm. but almost even bigger news came out this week. The greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah. Hanging it up. Yeah. He found a way to overshadow a weekend where he wasn't playing. Accidentally, Again. though. Yeah, wasn't really up to his discretion, <laughs> I would say. I think that leak from from Darlington Schefter, whoever got it to them, and then mm -hmm. they did their jobs and put it out. Like I'm I mean, the, they're know. never wrong. So like, I, we there was about a fifteen minute window there where like, were they wrong? And then yeah. they were right. Like like it's already like those guys don't miss as is a combined report. Yeah, you can't miss on a combined. Especially report. like, it, why would they want to share in that if it's right. not completely true? And knowing what that meant to the entire league. Tom Brady retiring, like, that threw everything out the oh, window. Oh, it's the biggest. I mean, I would say, I know Favre went back and forth, but the only reason that it would have been, like, Brady's is definitely the biggest retirement that the league has ever seen. And the only reason Favre's is is because he was in and out and, like, came back and didn't, and there was just drama with it. I mean, who knows if that's the case with Brady because he didn't officially use the word retire, but... <laughs> Leaving the door can't open. Can't be competitive right now. Um, it's like saying that at the beer pong table at a party. I sorry, can't be competitive right now. I just need a couple of games <laughs> off. I'm, I'm I need to show for game. like two minutes. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm right back in it. <laughs> Sleb shot. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, I think I think when you think about Schefter at Darlington, they're taking a lot of heat for not letting Brady have his moment. Mm -hmm. Where do you think the leak came from? Do you have any conspiracy theories? Because you know that's my whole job is to come up with well it's definitely theories. somebody in tom's circle mm -hmm. camp mm -hmm. all of these different things um i i always keep going back to him like what would be the personal gain from it because it's not like tmz it's like oh i have a crazy video is like you yep. know ba like pay you off for it it's like no because it's probably somebody that tom holds in high regards yeah that did it yeah like there's no ill intent of like releasing something like that so even the people i go back to it like it wouldn't make sense mm. like there's no bad conspiracy like there's no right. bad conspiracy theory towards it um i don't stuff to put your finger on have you seen the departed of course i have i think everybody who's spent time in boston or has been is like they they open up your eyeballs and force you to watch that movie the it's like you know <laughs> i was gonna say you have to say it with the, the boston the accent Come like, on. Some, no some of the worst boston and then lose the accent in that movie, halfway they're through like, the movie no there's no sense <laughs> anyway <laughs> force you to watch it it's a torture method <laughs> instead of the citizenship are test, you a real new englander test, they make you watch the departed and, and can you drink iced coffee in the middle of winter the point of the departed is basically to show like this is most boston movies to show scenic shots and go oh i've been there <laughs> that's like the entire point of most boston movies who cares what happens in the scene oh that's a dunks we have the, <laughs> we have the two worst boston accents that's the point of they're not supposed to be good i've ever heard okay but the point of the depatted <laughs> is that there are 
there are uh, there's a moles right yes and he leaks information to see mm-hmm. which one of them sure is tipping off was it the fbi whatever same thing here you know <laughs> i think tom brady Did it? was trying to see who the weak part of his group was Weird, Cut him off. A weird, well, he's retiring though. Like what would like now of all times? It makes sense if he's playing longer. He's, he's gonna got, start cutting people off now. He's got big business ventures to worry about. Yeah. No severance. Two weeks pay. <laughs> I mean, he's not like <laughs> the god. He's not the godfather. People aren't walking into his office and he's like stroking a hairless cat. Excuse me. Twenty years in Foxborough had to rub off on him in some way. You think he's maniacal now? Also, that's like that's like that's like more that's like more than burn book level like drama and seeking out. You don't have to like my theory, but it's my theory. (laughs) I also just love the accent. Yeah, he just develops an accent over an accent overnight. You know, he hangs out a lot. It was a test. How do you say? Wow, (laughs) book. I certainly hope not. Wow, people weren't watching that. that? Wahlberg. How do you say that in a Boston accent? They don't say it like that. You want to go on a whale they watch? Just say, they, just say, they just say Mackie Mac. Yeah. That's all they say. All right. I think we need to move on. <laughs> You're doing a tremendous job. I'm working You're really, really hard. Pro- yeah. You're definitely really from hard. there. I'm so from there. It's not even funny. I would pay for you to order anything from, like, again, a Dunkin'. A Papaginos? No, no. Yeah, exactly. But, like, in that accent, just be like, we're not taking your service. Have I ever told you my Boston accent story? No, is my, that not it? <laughs> no, it's better than, well, I don't know. It's about my dad, but mm-hmm. born and raised in Boston, his whole life outside Norwood. Yeah. No, I don't know how you say that in Boston accent. It's okay, either. I get you. Okay, Norwood. there's an R in there. <laughs> Norwood, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll ask my grandma. But he spent his whole professional career in D.C., right? And so mm-hmm. he could switch in and out of a Boston accent. So when he would go home. <laughs> Trying on an outfit. I don't know. He just like, <laughs> okay. it, if we spent more than a day there, he all of a sudden would, he didn't sound like my dad anymore. Interesting. He, he, he would flip into mac <laughs> mac baruby yeah all right um so he's ordering a pizza from papaginos mm-hmm. their favorite place you yeah. know the chain of all chains but yep. great pizza and he you know they're like all right we need a name for the order and he goes all right mark and they go mork mark mark mork what kind of a name is that mm-hmm. and he goes ah mac and they go mac why didn't you say so and they gave him such crap for that because it was his neighborhood papaginos yeah and they would not let him live that down we ordered like four really? times that week and every single time they'd be like oh look it's mork that's they amazing. thought it was hysterical see that's much nicer than my story of when i got called an idiot at a duncan for not uh putting in my debit card right yeah you deserved that i mean it was like <laughs> you're seven, holding up it was a like dunk seven slide. in the morning yeah well <laughs> those people got places to so, be you know what's amazing about it too is that and you just have to start laughing after there's always direct eye contact with them. you know some <laughs> people like when they call you and they don't want the social interaction after oh, yeah, they're mumbling or no yelling. they know they, they want you to know they want the smoke they do you and know, i didn't i sp- <laughs> got like oh, i got my coffee and i immediately was like have a lovely day yeah it's you i didn't that, want anything wrong it's you in that cardigan you know I you're did. just too nice i was running for the mayor of nothing i needed her to like me so bad <laughs> the last time we had this conversation because you and i have talked about this on this podcast that duncan story was with a guy named todd rucci yeah Longtime patriots offensive lineman mm-hmm. uh made the 1990s all decade team he didn't get called an idiot no, he, he said he avoided those those interactions. Uh, he did get yelled at at a car wash, though. Do you remember that story? I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. It happens. It happens. <laughs> it's Boston. That's just ca- classic car wash stuff. He did overlap with Tom Brady. It was his rookie season. It was Rucci's last season. But they've remained in touch. He, they've mm. talked, you know, since then and things like that. That's a small world in the NFL. You could say he instilled all of his knowledge in him. And then Brady went on this incredible run. You 100%. could say that Todd's to thank. Let's ask him. Todd Rucci, legendary Patriots player, 1990s all-decade team. We've given the resume. We've figured it out. You crossed over with um, a guy who played quarterback for the Patriots. Apparently, he was just a fourth stringer Mm. in in your last season, his rookie season. But Tom Brady, calling it quits, wrapping up a 22-year career. Your thoughts on that first? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm a little bummed. Actually, I'm kind of depressed because he was my last connection of guys in the locker room that I played with. And, you know, I don't know how many guys have played as long as he has, but, um, you know, personally, just really excited for him. You know, I think it's uh, anytime you see a guy that's able to kind of walk away from the game um, when they want to and not due to injury. I mean, that's, uh, it's, you know, less than 20% of the guys that are playing in the NFL. So to see a guy be able to walk away on his own terms um, and have the career that he has, I mean, you look at, uh, what he's been able to do uh, to put his mark on 
on football and with Patriots and now with Tampa, you know, he's, he's had a pretty big influence on the game. So I just, I'm, you know, proud to be, to watch this guy, to watch this kid grow up in the game um, and to see him go out and do it the right way. Uh, he's, he's always done it the right way. And uh, it's just good. It's good for football. You know, I think it's, believe it or not, I think him walking away the way he did, it's good for football um, in some ways. Going back to, I think it was around like 2013, 2014, I believe the direct quote was, I'll retire when I suck. And I feel like so many guys, not that that's the ultimate mantra of so many guys, but like he didn't. And I feel like most people are on their last legs, even like Peyton Manning winning his Super Bowl at the end. Like it clearly wasn't about him necessarily, but it felt like it still was about Tom until every last game. How about just how rare is that as an athlete to quite literally still be at the top of your game in a sense and walk away? It feels very yeah. different. Yeah, and that's kind of the beauty of what Tom was, uh, Tom is. I mean, as far as, uh, you know, he is a great quarterback. Um, I don't know if he's a great athlete. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and being yeah. totally honest, I don't think he's the fastest guy or the um, most nimble, but he is amazing uh, at what he in his role of standing back there and delivering the football to receivers uh, and coordinating everything. And that's, that's the beauty about, you know, what we love about this game because we talk about, you know, in coaching and being around this game, it's not about who's the fastest, the strongest, the quickest, and the measurables sometimes that um, we put on kids or we put on these players. Uh, it's sometimes it's about the intangibles. Uh, and you look at, you know, his draft, um, how he came into the league, you know, he wasn't being talked about because of his athleticism and his, you know, the pure specimen. Um, but the beauty of what made Tom great is all of the stuff you couldn't see. You know, determination, the will to work, the will to learn the game, the will to understand where coverages are and, and when receivers are open and be able to coordinate all of that. That is what is awesome about Tom Brady because he, he was not the greatest or is the greatest athlete. He's just one of the greatest people to be involved in a game with the football in his hand and that's 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 good I mean that, that's really good for the game I think what that always strikes me about him is every Patriots rookie has that story of walking into the locker room and and Tom Brady walking up and saying hi my name's Tom and being like yeah we know like we get We're it aware. you know but it's it's that level of like respect and, and humbleness that you hear in the locker room and and you actually shared a locker room with him when he wasn't Tom Brady as we know him right now what was he like in the, that first year and maybe even your relationship those first few years? Was he just this kid trying to grind it out? Yeah, same guy. Um, same guy, you know, internally from what – and probably the, the cool thing about me, you know, sit back and look at his career. Um, you know, Tom, in the spotlight that he was and, you know, the all the things that come along with being Tom Brady in the NFL, you know, rarely did you ever hear anything – um, off the field issues or anything. The only thing that you heard is he was just very demanding because he, he loved the sport. Um, he wanted to be great every, and he did all the things and his expectations uh, for the guys that played with him were, were true. It wasn't about, it was never about Tom Brady or, or this. It was about how can we, you know, when you walk in that locker room of 53 guys, how can we win? And whether you're a rookie or, you know, a guy coming in from another program, you, you see the number of, free agents that came to New England and had success under him and, and the Patriots organization organization. There's a reason for that uh, because it was, it was a machine uh, and you had enough pieces in place for that machine to work really well. And, and Tom was a big part of it. Uh, so when you have a leader like that in the locker room to demand respect of the game, not so much of him personally, uh, but the work ethic and how we're going to compete every day, when you have that in the locker room and that is the mantra um, you're either going to get on board really quick or you're going to get out really quick. And Tom was able to kind of dictate that culture in there for so long that it became just the expectation. Uh, and that's hard, a lot, you know, at any level to build the expectation of being great because you have to prove it, you have to do it. And then you have to get guys who are willing to do all the stuff that's not comfortable, you know, 12 months out of the year to, to be successful. You're an ultra uh, competitive guy, I'd say. Um, Tom is an ultra competitive guy. How do, when it does come to an end and you kind of are looking for that next chapter, how do you sort of find fulfillment in that next thing to turn the page and go, this is my sort of fix. Cause it felt like that was always such a calling card for Tom 
um, but finding that sort of spark after later in life. Yeah, that's the hard thing. I, honestly, that's probably the, I mean, that's one of the toughest thing I think for guys, you know, just in general, when you're leaving and you think about, I, I think about reflecting on my career when I, you know, started playing the game in sixth grade and I was 30 when I retired, but you know, every August, uh, you spend getting ready to play this game of violence and work um, and no Christmases, no New Year's Eve, n- nothing. So your world is just your myopic view of the world um, is all about football and, prep- and preparation for football. And you do this for so long. Um, and then to, you know, to walk away from it and all of a sudden the expectations, the physical, the mental, all those things that have driven you go away. So the, I think the, the motivation and the internal drive never leaves you. It's just, what am I going to put that into now? Um, so I think for, you know, looking back and the things that, you know, well, I fortunately had kids at that point. So I had to focus to, you know, try and get them on board. And that was my focus. And I think Tom's in a great place too, between has a family, has, you know, a business strategy on board that he can just go be great at those, you know, be a great dad, be a great business owner. You know, he's going to be around the game in some capacity. Um, but the internal drive of get, getting up every morning and just trying to do something to be great and, and try and make the people around you great, how, whatever that looks like, however that is, that's never going to leave because that's just his DNA. That's how he's been crafted. That's how he's been molded. Um, so as long as he finds that, uh, you know, and, and has a productive thing to be great at, I think it's going to be, which I'm positive it will be, he'll, he'll do fine. You know what my favorite debate is now? People are like, how will he return to the game? And it, people are like, maybe he'll be a coach. No. I was like, why would he need to be a coach? No. In terms of just like the hour, like he just did it for 22 years. Do you want to go just w- like sleep at the facility on an air mattress? Like, can you see Tom doing that, working his way up as a tight ends coach? Does it, doesn't it feel like he's much more of like the, the ownership type at this stage? Yeah, you think about, I mean, it's funny because the guys that I played with, like Lynch, you know, the Niners have stepped into that role and guys, you know, like Romo has gone into the TV side of it. You know, it's, you know, coaching or if you're going to be, you know, in front of a camera for it is so much work. It is so, mm-hmm. even, you know, the, the, I mean, you guys know this, you're in the business, but, you know, the guys that are, you know, you know announcing games, you know, the, the study that you need to do and prep work you need to do, um, it's almost as hard as playing, you know, it's the physical side's not there, but the prep work for it. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how much time he's willing to commit to this game because he's committed so much of his life to this sport and the sport was able to give him a ton of opportunities in business uh, with his family. And it's just a matter of, you know, what's going to drive him um, and how much more he's willing to give to the sport. I mean, I think we all want to have him around the game in, in some capacity because he's, you know, he's an awesome person, you know, and he's, uh, he's done it the right way. Um, and he's been a model of, you know, personally, what you, you know, I'd say the, the majority of the guys in locker rooms in the NFL are really, really great humans, really. You know, unfortunately, we we hear about the guys who fall off the rails a little bit. Um, but the majority of those guys in that locker room are successful because of, they have some pretty innate abilities and, and trait and characteristics that are going to make them great at whatever they do. Um, it's just fun. I'm, I'm excited to see what it is. I mean, you're going to see them doing something um, in you know, knowing what he's, you know, this past is going to predict, you know, the future, it's going to be really cool. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to sit back and, you know, and watch what it is because he's going to be great at it. You can be a coaching intern at Middle <laughs> Tennessee, yeah. you know, like, no, you I can get $8 an hour yeah, under no. the table, <laughs> just strict, we'll strictly cash. We'll you cash. <laughs> no, but that's, that's what Peyton Manning said. That's why they did the Manning cast is because they yeah. could just tell stories well, they and they also, didn't have to prep. They, they built him much. a studio in his house. That's great. I don't think like, hey, you can stay home and we'll, you don't have to go fly anywhere, do all of these things. I know pandemic influence. We, can, yet, but we yeah. can also thank Roger Goodell for that because people loved him sitting in his basement during the draft on that couch taking naps so now everyone just wants to see these people in their houses (laughs) um no yeah coaching intern that's 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 my bet he's he's gonna work his way up from the bottom yeah no special treatment Mm -mm. um getting coffees for people (laughs) you know so in sharing all these memories with with you and and your your wife stacy and um talking about kind of those days you you mentioned like when we started in the nfl my my boys weren't even really born or, or playing football yeah. themselves. Now they're playing in college. Stacy shared my favorite story 
um, quickly on Twitter, and I want your perspective of the time he met her on the Mass Pike, <laughs> which so, is a highway, by the way, for those of you who are not from Massachusetts. They drive wicked fast up there on the mass turnpike. Oh, you don't get a start. Uh, don't get a start on the that. Accent. No, this episode is already gone. Um, like Stacy is known, and she will not get offended because this is just the truth. Her in vehicles, um, and I hope Allstate is not listening. We've had, <laughs> we know our Allstate agent very well. Um, Stacy has a history yeah. um, of being, uh, yeah, of connecting her car and Allstate. Uh, so. <laughs> This story, I, I, at some point, Stacy was driving on the Mass Turnpike. I was living off the Mass Turnpike at some t- at one point, and she uh, was driving my rig, which was a you know typical lineman jacked up truck um, that you knew it was that when you saw it, it was absurd and ugly and a little over top. But anyway, <laughs> she got into a little bit of a fender bender on the Mass Turnpike, which was numerous vehicles. Uh, and she was out on the road and about 10 minutes into the talking and exchanging insurance deals, Tommy rolls up and goes, Hey, Stacy, are you okay? And she's like, Oh my God, I'm fine. She goes, well, I saw Todd struck and we just wanted to see if you're all right. And, uh, but that's, so that's him. I mean, that's, that's always been him. Um, he's that type of guy. He, he, he's just a normal human. Who's just, you know, really cares about life and 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 you know what i don't know if it's making him anything special it's just the way he is and that's and uh so i think the the limelight and uh the spotlight has been different lenses have been on that over the years but the core human of tom is still the same and, cont- and continues to be so that's the kind of the neat thing about it Stacy's really good at relationships. Very good she at just, connections. I yeah, like the she, way you put that. That yeah. was very, very nice bow. She just <laughs> brings people together. They, yes. Drivers, also, insurance Also, in your all-star, uh, all-star, all-state agent is Tom Brady, which is really yeah. nice <laughs> to know that he has a next chapter here. I got 27 other incidents <laughs> as well that, are, uh, that I can tell you about. But yeah, no, it's, it's not good. Yeah. She she admitted that too, so you won't get in trouble. She put it out there first. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's how I knew about it. Mm-hmm. But uh no, I think I think it's good to hear from people who have known him throughout his career, who yeah. have interacted with him on different levels, um, mm-hmm. just kind of reflecting on such a historic retirement and, yeah. and now wondering what the future is. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the time, Todd. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no, it, it's it's a you know, unfortunately it's an end of an, an era, you know, and it, the cool thing is we sit here and we, who's going to be the next one, you know, who's going to be the next Tom Brady. And, you know, there won't be a next Tom Brady, but there's going to be someone else that's going to be able to play a long time in this game. And, you know, hopefully advances this game and, uh, you know, think about all the, the young men are going to be able to benefit from, I just look at that guy influenced a lot of, a lot of people in his life um, and brought recognition uh, to the game of football. And, you know, selfishly it was to the New England Patriots for the majority of his career, um, which, I'm a fan of, so it's all good. Want more of these interviews? We've talked to Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy, Olympic medalist Haley Flickinger, and former Bears coach Bruce Boudreau. To find those interviews, you have to go to our website, abc27.com slash podcast. All right, now back to the episode. I don't think Stacy signed up to be slandered not, like that. Not one bit. <laughs> oh. But she did sign up for marriage, so I think actually maybe... For better or for worse, for baby. For yeah, worse. no. Um, but but that's why we bring Todd on, though, is like he's so good at kind of like wrapping up 22 years and really giving you that inside look. And I think um, few people have had a chance to know Tom Brady like that. Yeah. And I and he will tell you he's not the closest one, obviously. Sure. But um, they've kept a friendship for a while, and um, it, I, th- I think it's it's almost as like he said, it's almost as sad for him because. Now, no one in the NFL is someone he played with. Yeah, I mean, you, you see somebody go through experiences that you know, and, like, there's the same way that you'd cheer for, you know, family members, friends, what have you, in any walk of life. It's the same thing with football. It's like, you know what I mean? It's just on a much more televised and much more of a platform. And, you get, I mean, to see somebody do it at literally the highest level, that's trying to put that succinctly in, like, a small amount of time, like we asked him, like, how can you do that? Yet he did it well. Hi, sum up 22 yeah, years yeah, of the greatest like, yeah, player of sure. all time you in know, a That Zoom you saw interview. relative firsthand, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you couldn't tell from my wardrobe change, Logan and yeah, I— Yeah, what's going on? <laughs> Logan and I both grew up Patriots fans, and I just— 
unbiased is, journalist. Hundred percent. This is so unbiased. <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to say. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm still. I think it's kind of like closing a chapter for me too. I don't know how you feel about it. This, this is, is about you. Is it, you don't feel like you're closing a chapter <laughs> no, on no, your no, childhood? Oh, we're just no, a thousand percent of this. Or we're just not with me. I okay. mean, he's been a quarterback eighty five percent of my life, something like that. Boost count. Yeah, and I think like there's such there were such good years and they so weren't bad. They happened. weren't bad. Um, it's like I think that's the thing is I'm happy like Todd said for him that he gets to walk away on his his own mm-hmm. terms and it's his choice and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's hard to imagine watching the NFL without him. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna definitely take that first couple of months. Yeah, I mean, it was weird watching him not on the Patriots for a minute. So th- not having that element, and I mean, now it's officially the new wave of quarterbacks. I think because I mean, even though Rodgers is, you know, will probably likely play somewhere else, he's very much getting to the end too. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna be really the new guard of guys. Um, so in a lot of ways, it's probably good that it happened now. Yeah, we're turning the page on the league in mm-hmm. general, and I think we're moving therapeutic. On. So with that in mind. I wrote a goodbye poem. As one does. You know, it's it's because You know <laughs> who wouldn't? <laughs> that's that's what you gotta ask yourself. Someone who doesn't put in effort. One thousand percent. Just kidding. Somebody who cares. I <laughs> will I think it's we're gonna do it song. in a twenty seven second take. <laughs> and we're gonna put the time on the clock. If anybody can guess what song he's actually helping, <laughs> they will also get <laughs> I just a lost it. award. I just, I just don't think I can outdo Shiner. So with with that song uh-huh. playing in the back of your mind yeah here's my 27 second poem, poem to the greatest quarterback of all time tom brady was my entire childhood 20 years on the patriots never went so good six super bowls on the couch with my dad even remembering the three we lost so sad for years the posters and jerseys lined my walls i don't even care that he deflated balls oh. the first ballot hall of famer taught a generation of kids how to be a gamer. Thank you to the greatest of all time. I will never have another favorite player of mine. That was nice. That was very, I, I mean, kind of like, not so just from, a, that was actually, that was well so done. So beautiful. That was. And the pauses, you left it, uh, you let it breathe there at the times it needed to be. And exactly 27 seconds. I, I'm more impressed by that. Is that a sonnet that. or is that a haiku? Does that count, count as either? Soliloquy, I believe. Well, uh, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't get that far I can't in English spell classes. That. Yeah. Um, no, but that that's, I, I well needed done. to say it all. Yeah. Know? Did you cry when writing it? Uh, you know, I wrote it about 30 seconds ago, so no, I was okay. You can cry in 30 seconds. I don't <laughs> think there's any issue with that. Yeah. No, we're good. We're fine. That was really nice. I, I, think I expected it to not be really nice. <laughs> wow. Steve was laughing. So, like, that kind of threw me off for a minute. Yeah. But, you know, well, we he was crying earlier. He got out, out his emotional true. void, and now he's, you know, and, can and poke fun. You know what? This is a really good point. Let's talk about producer Steve because he said, you know, it's always weird and it's kind of nerve wracking to meet your heroes. And yeah. I think that's the one thing that he I. He had was, a good experience with it. He had a good experience. You're the first person ever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I was pleasantly uh, not surprised because I I figured he'd be a good guy, but just under. What the if he hated you? What if he despised you? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I think that would have been really funny. You would have been like, all right, I, yeah, cool. Honestly, yeah. you would have held on to that more. That's and my also name. It's <laughs> a stupid thing and to you name your kid use after. That story more so. No, but that would be because Terrell Davis hates me. It's more catchy. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Loves, loves me. me. Yeah. Well, like somebody yeah. blocking you on Twitter, yeah. you lead with that as opposed yeah. to they follow me back. Yeah. But I also met my hero. I met Tom Brady. Yeah. Have I told any of you that story? No. And I'm surprised it's taken this long. I just didn't like Did you, you until the, now. You share the poem? No, I should. I'll text it to him. I'm sure nobody has glowing things to say about him. So that would really put you <laughs> He'll in a He'll be like, wow, class. finally someone yes. likes me. Yes. No, it was a Washington training camp when they had joint practices with the Patriots in 2014. And I was an intern at a DC television station. And um, it was one of the practices where fans were allowed to have come in, get autographs, do the whole thing. So after the practice, they're all kind of walking around. And this little girl, she's, you know, knee high, runs up to Tom Brady and grabs his knee pad and goes and pulls <laughs> on it. And she goes, where is RG3? <laughs> and he goes, you want it? You want Robert? And she goes, Yeah. I want RG3 and she's got a football and a Sharpie and this girl is like decked to the nine in Washington gear and he grabs her hand and walked around four different practice fields looking for Robert with this girl to drop her off. And that girl was you. 
<laughs> and it was like, right can you imagine no but it was one of those moments where i was like if she only knew who she just asked to find robert griffin and the fact that, that he didn't just go over there or you know whatever like he brought her to robert robert Pretty griffin good, the third yeah. that was amazing and then i um overheard a conversation that happened over top of my head with him and Joe Theismann that was hilarious and they were mm. talking about Giselle wanting to meditate for a week and he sounds about right he was talking about it like what am I supposed to do with the kids for a whole week I'm well, playing now he's faced now he's faced with that <laughs> times daddy, a thousand daddy daycare now it is but it was weird to hear someone talk about the highest paid supermodel in the world like she was just a normal That's person pretty much it wait also it do you come into play in this at any point? Are you? Did you meet him? Oh yeah, I met him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was like the afar interactions, sure. and then we had done some shows with Joe Theismann. So I was talking mm -hmm. to him uh, on the sideline of a practice, and Brady ran over. That's what I mean. This conversation over yeah. my head because yeah. they're both you know taller than I am, and right. they're talking about the meditation and just kind of catching up. And all of a sudden I hear, well, what do you do here? Because I'm trying not to eaves, you know, like that's kind of rude. Oh. I don't really want to eavesdrop. And I, I'm like, he's not talking to me. I'm not going to look. And, no he, and he goes, what oh. do you do here? And I'm like, oh, me. Okay. Hello. Tom or Joe? Tom. Oh. Joe, Joe and I, and we're not, we had known each other that summer. We had done a couple shows. Yeah. So whatever. But, and I was like, oh, I'm an intern for a local yeah. TV station. And he goes, do you want to do that for a living? And I said, yeah, I'd like to work in local TV. And he goes, he asked a follow up. And he goes, he inquired. He goes, all right, work hard. You, and look at it. you, you did. And I made it. You took his advice. Yeah. So, um, Tom Brady, thank you for my career. <laughs> wow, that's actually no, very. Isn't that cool? that is. And I and he were. And look well, how long that stuck with you. He walked away, and I was like, I never want to meet you again because, like, you said that to him. No. Well, <laughs> Tom never talked to me. Yeah. No, because I because it was a great interaction mm. and. I don't know. I mean, what Todd Rucci said is true. Like, there are so many good guys in that locker room, yeah. but it only takes having one bad interaction for that really to spoil the way you see someone. It's true. I mean, think about the same way that, like, my brother had a bad experience playing t-ball. Never played t-ball again. Wow. Oh. But now he's a, I was about to say, world-renowned recording artist. Not yet. He will but be. he will be. He will be. Yeah. Well, shout out to the other Reaver. And he would have been in the, you know, probably in the MLB if not. Well, you know, bad either, pa either pass is pretty is pretty cool. Yeah, sorry about this t-ball career though. That's that's a shame. Yeah, you had a story about yourself, so naturally I had to make it about me. So. That's fine. I'm yeah, okay no, with it. Cool. Run right over. This is yeah. a family part of the podcast. You it know? is. Shout no, out. That's that's a about as cool a story as it gets, and that probably was twenty seconds of actual time. Yeah, it was like yeah. a blip, but I could recount exactly where we were, who was around us, what we were all wearing, the whole thing. I mean, not to that little girl though. <laughs> <laughs> she was so sweet. Yeah. That, that I hope she got that autograph. That autograph's worth nothing compared to who she could have gotten to autograph that football. Yeah, yeah. and and I was just thinking, it, this is coming from a, a long-time noted Brady hater. Oh. <laughs> Brady's all right. He's all right. <gasps> that oh, it's very big of you. That, yeah. that means more He's than gone, the poem. He can't hurt me anymore. It's like, it's like uh, you'd think. Um, but did he say retire? It's all right. What, what if you guys end up investing in the same like crypto and he ends up beating, I'm ruined. beating you out? Beats you one more time. All right, but for today, for February 3rd, 2022, Steve says Tom Brady's all right. It is. Man, it's like a mother-in-law or brother-in-law being like, you know what? You're okay. I don't mind having you at Thanksgiving. I'm just happy I let the Eagles win a Super Bowl. All right, kick and very, Shiner no, out no, of the no. Room. He's, he's absolutely right. Let is a very good is a great great way to put that it. That pass went straight through his hands because he felt oh, bad for all the pathetic. Not what I'm talking about. Philadelphia fans. <laughs> More of the coaching staff, but sure. Well, we all know that's that's yeah. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Okay, mine's also about Tom. What ish? More about the a separate subject. All right. Well, you want 27 seconds? I would love 27 seconds. Okay. Well, I guess we'll give them to you. Okay. We're, we're generous today. Yes. 27 seconds on the clock and your time starts now. So a lot of Patriots fans and people want Tom to take that, whatever that one day contract is and retire a member of the Patriots. I think that principle of retiring with the team and signing the one day contract is the most overplayed pointless thing in sports by far. There serves no purpose. It's very much graduation goggles and making it like there's a happy bow at the end when there's really not, he left you and he quite literally might not even like you with the way that he's presented this retirement statement. So why do we need one day to celebrate? When you quite literally have a lifetime. It's so pointless. Even when Shady did it with the Eagles, I'm like, oh, what, what are we doing here? 
what's the point? Like, it's a nice, like, you get, like, 15 minutes to, like, celebrate it. But why can't we celebrate him besides that? Why does he need to sign a one-day contract? I see that. It's just a, it's a pony show. We can, we can celebrate him without having to do the, but like people, patriot. people have talked about needing it. They're like, oh, yeah. oh, we need him to do the day contract. What is that going to do? That doesn't change history. And in this, obviously, his is much more on a larger scale where it's like, yeah, that's Tom Brady. But, like, your everyday guy, there have been people, like, Peyton Manning, when he retired with the Broncos, talked about the Colts for a majority of time in his mm. press conference. Isn't that it? Did he need to come back and sign a one-day thing? Or was him talking about it all that needed to happen? You know, I think about how this will all go down, right, within the next year of how he says goodbye, how they honor him. I think, think kind of it's, it's kind of over. You don't think he's going to do anything else? Starting to not think that way. Oh no! But they I think won't. that's why people want the one day thing. They just need they some need intense. They need some intense closure. And I'm like, was when you have so much time to analyze something like we did. Do you not have that already? Mm. Yeah. Does one does one day then make everything okay that had transpired and all the stuff we've heard over the course of him leaving? Like, does that then? negate it no and you're right because he's already kind of done all the the man in the arena the tom verse time so like many he's things. already let us in so much that I, I mean you know we think about what's next like i think the man's gonna take a break like yeah from public i, I think tv 12 brady brand all of that will continue mm -hmm. but i don't think he's gonna be out there you know getting on get up and, and yeah. talking about the, but that everything. principle it's not just tom though it's like he retired a this like who cares mm. who cares mm -hmm. at all he spent a majority of his career here. That's all that matters. The are, you gonna, are you going to tell that to somebody in 20 years? But he signed that one-day contract. Remember that? That was awesome. Yes, that was he, a great he, day. He came, back. he came back. Half off coffees <laughs> all throughout New England. That was a great day. So like, what? Doesn't some of that actually reflect on when you go into the Hall of Fame, though, what you're represented as? Not, no. Because in the NFL, they kind you of get make to choose, you talk though, about right? every team. Randy Moss talked about his 15 minutes with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Like, no, you know I'm what saying I mean? as far as like with their bust and everything, I think you get to choose what team you're represented as, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think your team's on the bus, though. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought maybe on the plaque I think it in says, baseball like, you, know, you might have a hat. Oh, maybe that's what it is. We'll research But in the NFL this. one, yeah, let's get yeah. I don't it. think it is. Um, no, but I, but I think that's... That's the thing. It's like it's like for us, but his retirement is his, you know. And I think he's already given yeah. us twenty two years of his life. So, does he really need to give us one more day? I get, <laughs> I get the point. I get the point. I think everyone just it's hard to wrap this up because he meant so much to so many people, mm -hmm. to the league, to all of that. Mm -hmm. There it is again. You're really good at that. Thank you. <laughs> you got, you got mm -hmm. perfect pitch. Too many fish concerts. <laughs> really taught him everything hey, he man. needs to know. Shake so down chill. street. Watch so out. chill over there. My mm -hmm. goodness. Um, all right. With that, I think we should say goodbye to this episode, to Tom Brady, to the greatest quarterback of all time. And doing those accents. That was the worst part. Thanks for making it to the end of the episode. If you've gotten this far, you clearly must like what you've heard. So could you subscribe, rate the show, and leave us a review?